Hello everyone, welcome back to Woodbine Sports. We are here with another episode covering the NFC Draft. Last week we covered the NFC North and the NFC East. This week we're going to finish up with the South and the West. We're ready to take another walk around the cul-de-sac. I'm here as always with my guys, Alex and Graham. We'll start right in the NFC South with the Atlanta Falcons. What were you guys thinking about? So personally... I think the Falcons blew it on their draft. I think that they didn't really do much to help them. The only pick that I think that they made in this whole draft that could have helped them was A.J. Terrell, uh, the corner out of Clemson. After losing Desmond Trufant, um, who was a cap casualty this year, A.J. Terrell is a good pick. Um, I think that there were better players at corner available, but I, I think that he will come in and he will translate well into the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, other, other than AJ Terrell, though, I think the Falcons just destroyed their draft, and I'm curious to think what you guys have to say about that. I, I wouldn't say destroyed. I, I know a lot of people probably think that the Falcons have, since the Super Bowl, kind of regressed a lot. Um, the pick of AJ Terrell, I like good, good corner. You got to fill in the spot of Desmond Trufant. We spoke about him earlier with the Lions. So, <clears throat> getting him was definitely something. More, it was a need. Uh, Marlon Davidson, I think, is one of the most underrated defensive tackles slash DNs in this whole entire draft out of Auburn. Um, the Panthers ended up taking what was his name there? Derek Brown. Derek Brown. Yep. Derek Brown. I mean, he was a high profile player. Uh, and I think a lot of his success actually came because of Marlon Davidson. Don't get me wrong. Brown, amazing talent. But Marlon Davidson took on a lot of double teams. He started there as a freshman. He was actually the first true freshman to start his initial game at Auburn in 30 years. So that shows you he had talent. He still does have talent. He's a big dude. He's, uh, let's see, 278 pounds, six foot, very athletic off the edge. But he's, they say his hands and his, his first step are slow. That's something that can be fixed in the NFL. Um, so I, I thought Marlon Davidson was a nice pickup for them, especially after losing Vic Beasley. I know they brought in Dante Fowler, but. They got to solidify that defensive line a little bit. I also like the pickup of Matt Hennessy, center. In his college days, he had a very young, inexperienced line, and he he took the role of captain amongst them. And he definitely did. He had a better career than most would, given the circumstances of that offensive line. So I think they're getting a great competitor and a and a great mind that's going to come in there who's who's already strong headed because he's had to deal with so much adversity in his college days. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was a total loss for the Atlanta Falcons this year. Um, my really, o- my real only complaint on the AJ Terrell pick is I think if the calls were there, they could have traded back and still picked him up, maybe pick up a couple later round picks. Uh, they didn't have a fifth or sixth, so I mean, they could have added a little bit more depth and get an extra pick out of that and still been able to pick up AJ Terrell. I, I like the player, though. I think they could have just maybe snap- traded down five to ten picks and still been able to grab him. But mm-hmm. I think he'll he'll come in. He'll be a good player. I don't I don't have any issue with the player himself. Uh, Davidson has a lot of upside to him too. I think he is going to come in. He's going to maybe take a year, maybe two, to really find his stride. But I think he's definitely going to become an integral piece on that defensive line. And uh, I think offensive lines are going to have to game plan around him. I think they're going to have to pay attention, and he's going to be that guy that they're looking out for. Mm-hmm. Hennessy, I like it. He adds depth to their center position i think that he could definitely take a year or two and and he'll be competing for a starting spot yeah and sitting behind alex mack is nice too 
I don't think I want to use the word total loss. I I think that they they definitely have more of a long game coming out of this draft with some of these players. But I think the I think those top three picks are definitely going to turn into nice players. Mm-hmm. Fourth rounds, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. And then they didn't have a pick until the seventh round again, which they used on the punter. We'll see if anything comes out of that. So yeah. But we can move on over to the New Orleans Saints. They only had four picks, but I think the four picks that they had, three of them are surefire players. I find the trades that they made, though, were... I'm not sure that I quite would have made the same trades, but, I mean, the players they picked up with those picks, though, um, they're they're all real solid players. Uh, Cesar Ruiz is going to be a great center coming out of Michigan. He was one of the best in the Big Ten, one of the best in the country at that position. I think that he's going to come. He's going to be the centerpiece of that offensive line, and he's going to be a solid day one player. Uh, I know you guys are super high on Zach Bond, so I'll let you take that one away. Yeah, Zach Bond, I I think, is probably the second best linebacker in this entire draft, and they got him in pretty late. Who would you say was the best linebacker then? Because there was Patrick Queen and uh, Kenneth Murray up. I was going to say I, Patrick Queen. I think Kenneth Murray's still a little better than Zach Bond. They're they're they they have different play styles, but I think I would have taken yeah. the other two over Zach Bond. He'd be my uh, favorite. But Zach Bond fell all the way to the third round, and I feel like that was one of the biggest steals of the draft. I wanted the Bills to pick Zach Bond so bad. I think that he brings a different dimension to linebackers and coming out of Nebraska or Wisconsin, sorry. He is a relentless pass rusher. The guy in his career in college, had 152 tackles, 30 and a half for a loss, and 15 sacks as a linebacker with two interceptions and three forced fumbles. Like the guy's not not a slouch by any means. To me, I this guy is the most exciting pick of the draft for me because I was watching him so closely. I wanted him to follow the Bills, and then when I saw that the Saints took him in the third round, it, it, it bummed me out. So. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, Zach Bond was definitely I wanted the Bills to take him if A.J. Epinesa wasn't there. And obviously history showed itself. Um, But back to what Greg said, Cesar Ruiz is going to be awesome for the Saints. Amongst all of the uh, offensive linemen in the combine this year, he finished in the top 10 amongst the 40 yard dash vertical bench short shuttle. Uh, So he's he's a very athletic inside guy. They just dropped. Uh, Larry Warford. So this is a kid who might actually come in and either play guard or center. Uh, I think he's an instant contributor, like you said, Greg. Uh, great pick there, Zach Bond. Like I said, very, very high on him. Uh, one thing I thought that was pretty cool. I know a lot of people were wondering about the Tommy Stevens trade <clears throat> or the Adam Troutman trade that they made for the tight end. But Troutman was a very, he was a touchdown heavy tight end in his college days. Uh, he had 31 touchdowns in 44 games. And the cool thing about him was he actually walked on to this team as a quarterback and he switched to a tight end in 2015. Obviously, he produced. Uh, that I, I would say that's pretty good production for a team that is definitely pass happy. It's just another big frame in the middle of the field. I mean, they've had Marquise Colson. They've had Michael Thomas. They've they've always had that big body, Jeremy Shockey. So they, they're all about big frames in, in New Orleans. So I like that pick a lot. But yeah, and and this QB they brought in, He's a lot like Taysom Hill. Uh, he's like Taysom Hill 2.0. He, he played at Mississippi State and Penn State. I think his name is Tommy Stevens, but I'm not. Yep. I, I, so I, I'm excited to see what they do with him. Uh, I know they just signed Taysom. 
uh, to back up Drew Brees, and they brought in Jameis Winston. But, you know, Sean Payton, man, just like you were saying about Peterson, Graham, this is an offensive creator, man. This guy is exciting to watch. He He's made Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, and, like, Mark Ingram and revived Drew Brees in his career. So this guy is just like a, f- a fresh fruit off the tree every year. He's always got something new, and it's I'm excited to see what they do with these picks. And I think that they just got what they needed. So do you think they carry all four quarterbacks into week one? I think it just depends on where they're at with running backs. I think you know, Tommy and where Stevens they're at with up, wide receiver, the practice squad. Maybe they maybe they turn Stevens into a, a wide receiver or something. I don't know. Yeah, he's so if they do, he's they're not all four still quarterback. Right, they're not all Stevens to a position player. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I think that's about the only way they'd end up with all four. But I mean, because it's the Saints, it makes that pick interesting. I think if it was any other team, people would just expect he's a practice squad at best. But I think since it's the Saints. It makes it into a more interesting pick. And when you got a when you got a head coach like Sean Payton there, you know, he's earned his right just like Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, and the best minds of this game. You know, you don't you really don't question what he does anymore. He just you just know what you're gonna get out of him. And it, it's it it's just good to see this guy who brings in exotic abilities and uses them to the best of their ability, and it's awesome to see because a lot of teams don't do what he does. Yeah. I think I think that the with, with with what the Saints had, they had four picks. I think they made the best of them. Um, I think that they've they've had one of the better teams in the NFC over the few years. So they have good veteran players on there that they can afford to only have four draft picks and just make them count. So I yep. I think that the Saints put themselves into a good position. I think they're one of the favorites coming out of the NFC, and they're in a good spot to make a run at it. Agreed. Carolina Panthers. Defense, 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 defense. Yes, sir. Defense, defense, defense. I think that's eight defenses (laughs) for eight picks that they made. NFL draft, baby. I'm excited to see what this guy. What draft it was? He's already made history, man. I mean, you know the the rule rule has come in. He's made history in his first draft. Every single draft pick being used on a defensive player. Yep. And not only that, they are eight good picks. Yes, they are. I think that they they had one of the biggest challenges. Uh, Luke Kuechly abruptly retiring. They lost their number one cornerback to the Giants in James Bradbury. So I think that they they did a great job making up for that. They focused on their offense a lot with their free agents. They used the deep. They used the draft for the defense. Uh, Derek Brown, you mentioned him earlier. He is going to be an impact player day one. Every play, they're going to be looking at him, making sure he's not getting to the quarterback. He's not stuffing runs. Yep. And to compliment on the guy, Yater Gross Matos out of Penn State, good pass rusher. Uh, I'm a little skeptical on Penn State guys ever since the Bills drafted Aaron Maven way back in the day. You know, that was just a total flop. Exactly. Yeah, my point. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited to see what Matt Rule does here with the Panthers. Uh, We'll let Graham talk about his boy Jeremy Chin here in a second, but Jeremy, um, honestly, dude, the, these top four picks for the for the Panthers, I think, are day one starters, and that it could even get deeper. Um, Matt Rule, I'm just excited to see what he does this year. He everywhere he's gone, he's transformed the organization, made it what he wanted, and made it successful, and moved on, and just content wherever he goes is gold. So, I'm excited to see what this goes. And like you said, made history drafting all defense. It's 
it's a it's a different time, different different time in the NFL with quarterbacks and all this other stuff and wide receivers and you know we're talking about Sean Payton transforming players into wide receivers and quarterbacks and running backs. So you got to have defense in this league now. And why not just come in, make your mark, and say, hey, we got Teddy Bridge, we got him some weapons already. We didn't really lose much on offense. Let's just solidify our defense. And I think this team can still win nine, ten games. Absolutely. I and, and like you said. Jeremy Chin is my favorite player that the Panthers picked up. I love Jeremy Chin. I thought that he was the second best safety in this entire draft behind McKinney, who the Giants picked up. This guy coming out is a thumper. The dude can hit. The dude makes big plays. He he's he's got a good frame. He's 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 gonna be a starter year one. Uh he Played at a smaller school, so he's he's a little lesser known. But he he the guy can play, the guy can move, and I'm extremely excited to watch this guy hit, just hit people and wreck yeah, people in the NFL. It's going to be exciting. I the, I think Panthers fans should be excited for what they got going forward. I, I oh yeah, the draft they did they did everything they had to do, and uh, now it's just let's see where it takes them. I, I'm excited. The rule of rule has begun in Carolina. Yes, it has the rule of rule. We'll see where it takes us. But moving on to the next team here, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, home of TV 12. Thank the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, thank Uh, God he's out of our division. But you know what? What does Tampa Bay do? They go out and they help Tom Brady again, not by just getting Gronkowski. No, they get Tristan Wirfs, who's potentially the number one left tackle in this whole entire draft at pick 13. Uh, So Tom Brady's got to be just clapping his hands to Tampa already, excited as hell. Um, can't complain with that pick again. I think we spoke on it in the past. Um, the, the top three, top four offensive tackles in this draft were mixed and matched throughout the organizations around the league. But in our sake, I think most of us like Tristan Wirfs as the number one left tackle. Uh, yeah, I think what do you have? Against, what do you have against Tristan? I said most of us. What do you have against him? I don't have anything against Tristan Wirfs. I, Honestly, I just thought that Mackay Becton was the best tackle in the draft, and I thought Chris, Tristan Wirfs. What was makes Mackay Becton the best in the draft? His size and his freakish body. So literally, just his size. That's it. Yeah, and the way he moves, it's good. It's good. It's good. Yeah, that's that. It's good. There's there's the official scouting report by Graham. It's good. Graham Cracker. No, I already, I already, I, on the I, field I, reporter. I already went into why I liked Mackay Becton in other episodes, and that's that. I I don't I don't need to defend myself anymore. Mackay Becton is better than Tristan Wirfs, and I'm saying it. That's why I said well, in the beginning of this that most of us yeah. agree that Tristan Wirfs is the best left tackle in the game. I'm not that one. In the draft. I'm not But anyways, I think, I think the Buccaneers knocked it out of the park because not only did they pick the best tackle in the draft, Tristan Wirfs, they also picked – I probably shouldn't say that if I'm a Giants fan, should I? Mm-hmm. I think he's still the best nonetheless. I think he <laughs> – <laughs> I think he's going to translate over. He's going to be a great tackle. He's going to protect Tom Brady. Least. But I think they also knocked it out of the part with Antoine Winfield Jr. I like the Antoine Winfield Jr. pick. I think he's going to be a great safety. I think he's going to come in. He's going to be just day one starter. He's a thumper. I think we talked about him quite a bit last week, but I, I really like both of their picks in the first two rounds. Yeah, Antoine Winfield plays a lot like his dad, and nobody complained about him. I'm excited to see that type of energy back in the NFL. Because I'm pretty sure he's probably going to try to. He probably emulates his father pretty well, so I'm I'm excited for that. And they're pretty Keyshawn, similar builds. They're they're yeah. similar build of a person. Yeah, they are. 
so I think they're going to be kind of the same player, and I'm excited just to have another Winfield in the NFL. Uh, Kayshawn Vaughn, running back, I like this pick just because the Buccaneers, in my opinion, have always struggled with running backs uh, for a while. Uh, they're Peyton a lot Barber, like the Lions in that. Peyton Barber didn't work out. Uh, Doug Martin didn't work out. The last good one I, I remember do you was think, Adelac. And do, you think, do, you, do you think they p- should have picked Vaughn, though? Because somebody else was available that you guys are uh, quite a big Zach fan of. Mouse. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, so what we'll they see? They definitely should have taken Zach Moss. No, I think this was a scheme. Vaughn. This this was a scheme move. Tom Brady gets a guy in there who is a pass catcher and a runner. This kid can do it both. So that's exactly what he had in New England. That's what the, they're not. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to change and mold to what Tom Brady wants. Tom Brady is the proven thing here. Tom Brady knows what it takes to get to the Super Bowl and win it. So Bruce Arians can sit there and say, I'm a great coach, but guess what, dude? This dude's done it many times over. So let's just listen to what he's got. So maybe Kayshawn Vaughn just brought a different skill set to the game that they were looking for than Zach Moss. Uh, Because Zach Moss really is just a downhill runner. He can catch out of the backfield, but I, I think this is more of a a schematic a pick here with Keyshawn Vaughn. So I got a little bit of a hot take about the Buccaneers. I think that Bruce Arians has done more for Tom Brady already in Tampa Bay than Bill Belichick did for Tom Brady as far as far as personnel wise in Tom Brady's whole career in New England. I think maybe flashier, but I think it might have been a little flashier, but I think Bill Belichick put them into six Super Bowls, six Super Bowl uh, that's, wins. That's why I said. That's why I said as, as far as personnel for the offense, I, I think that Bruce Arians has done more for Brady in his, in this very short time that he's been in Tampa Bay. Than, I think than Belichick has done in Brady's entire career in New England. I think it's a little early on that he hasn't even been a Buccaneer for th- six months yet. Yeah, he but was look at with who they, like look at who they already have at receiver. Look at who they brought in at tight end. Look at who they added on the offensive line. Look at who they added at running back. This the, the like, Patriots. This the offense. Patriots, the Patriots always had one of the best offensive lines. They brought in Gronk. They brought in running backs. They brought in Randy Moss. They brought uh, in Welcome. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, you got me there. I, got I there. think I think you're getting you're getting the cart in front of the horse a little bit. Yeah, I, I am. I like I I like the moves they're doing. I I see the I see the point you're trying to make. I think it's just a little early to say in the few months he's been a Buccaneer that he's done more. It's just, it's Tom Brady's just walking into an overall better personnel situation in Tampa Bay from a skill set perspective. Yes. I agree with that, but I I don't get it. I did get excited about it. Yeah. I I did over overreach and I will super bowls, super bowls matter more than, than off season moves, man. I mean, he's a proven thing. Yeah, when you when when you when you go six and three in Super Bowls, I mean, I think they their personnel was just fine. Just excited about seeing what the Buccaneers can do this year. Uh, I'm not a fan of Brady by any means, but it'll be interesting nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. So that unless you guys have something else to add to that, that concludes our NFC South, and that leaves us with one division left: the NFC West. Which personally, to me, I think it might be the most exciting, conf- or sorry, exciting division in the conference. I think that three of the four teams have a chance to win it. I, I think that three teams easily could make the playoffs, and the Cardinals aren't going to be 
no stomping ground anyways. I think they're going to they're going to come in. They're going to be one of those teams that you don't look forward to. It might not w- turn into wins every week for the Cardinals, but I think that they've done a lot this offseason that's going to put them into the spot that they're not going to be fun to play against. So we'll start there. The Arizona Cardinals, they already had one of the best offseason moves. They picked up De- DeAndre Hopkins from Houston for peanuts. Yeah, um I think that I think that that's a great I mean, what better could you do for a rookie or going into a second-year quarterback? Uh, I I really like that the Cardinals did that for him. Cardinals were able to pick up Isaiah Simmons in the first round. He fell far enough that that was their first-round pick. What do you guys think about what the Cardinals have been doing lately? So Isaiah Simmons is definitely a steal. He was a top-five talent, and the fact that he fell to number eight is is beautiful for the Cardinals. He's going to play a very key role in that defense this year. Uh, alongside Chandler Jones, I, that front for the Cardinals' defense is going to be very tough to beat in week in and week out. Uh, Josh Jones, their third round pick, is also interesting to me because the Kyler Murray can move, but I don't really want him to have to run for his life all the time. And I, I think that Josh Jones is definitely going to come in and he's going to help on that offensive line. And like I always say, there's never enough enough depth on the offensive line, and, and this guy well, is going to come in. And, I think and, with Josh Jones, we're not even talking about depth. I think that he might be a bigger steal than Isaiah Simmons was. Isaiah Simmons is definitely the better player, but there's a lot of people who had Josh Jones going late first round, and they were able to pick him up with the 72nd pick. I don't think we're talking depth here. I think this kid can come in and be a starter. He's got experience on both sides of the line, t- uh, left and right tackle. I think that they he can – he can work his way into this starting rotation on on this line. I I loved the pick. I don't think the Cardinals are going to be pushed around. I think they're going to be a fun team to watch next year. Yeah, uh, I'm very high on the Isaiah Simmons pick. I was huge on Isaiah Simmons right off the bat coming into this draft. I thought that, honestly, he could have been compared to the best overall defensive player in this draft, and I think he is, in my opinion. I know a lot of people will say Chase Young. But Isaiah Simmons just brings a lot more to the table in my eyes. And I know a lot of people are going to say the pass rush is huge, and it is. But Greg has reiterated that a lot, that that's the easiest thing to find in the draft. Is It's the easiest transition to the NFL is just getting a guy who you say, hey, third down, you're in, just run towards the quarterback. Uh, Chase Young's a little bit more than that. I understand that. But Isaiah Simmons, man, just being able to float around anywhere in that secondary in the linebackers, that's dangerous, man. That's going to be like a Troy Palomalu. That's going to be like a like a Sean Taylor, and he's built like that. He's a big dude, fast, and can cover. So I I personally think Isaiah Simmons is the biggest steal of the draft, even though it was a pick eight, because teams like the Giants, you know, missing on Isaiah Simmons, I know they went with a need with the left tackle, but teams like that I think are going to look back and say, dang, you know, Isaiah Simmons, especially getting McKinley, McKinney in the second round. If you had McKinney and Simmons coming into that, that would be one hell of a freaking defense to build around. Um, but Cardinals, I think they they hit a home run with Isaiah Simmons. And like you said, Josh Jones, great tackle. Uh, so I'm excited to see what the Cardinals do. Like, like you guys are stating, I don't think the Cardinals are anybody to mess with this year. I think Kyler Murray's got a year under his belt. Great weapons. Let's see what they can do. Still think the Cardinals end up in last place in this division only because this division oh, is just insane. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, they they are they're they're tough. They're in a tough division. I was just saying that I see three of these teams getting into the playoffs, and then there's the Cardinals. I think the Rams uh, but, are last. 
You think the Rams are last? Well, let's get into the Rams draft. I, I, I could see that. I could honestly see that, though. Uh, I think the Rams will definitely be third or fourth. They're, they're a good team, though. I think that they they did a good job filling some of their holes. They got rid of Todd Gurley. They traded away Brandon Cooks. They pick up Cam Akers and Van Jefferson. Uh, I think Cam Akers is going to be a real special talent. I think these two players are really good values in the second round picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I only say the Rams just because I feel like the Cardinals are just going to have a different element in this division. This this whole division kind of relies on the run game. OK, and then all of a sudden the Cardinals are so like the division's been planning for running offenses or multiple formations offenses but i mean the rams todd Gurley, seahawks carson ever since he's been there marshawn lynch 49ers have been running their butts off for the past two years so now you got this cardinal team that's coming in here and they're just going to run a spread and they're just going to let it fly and now you got to cover larry fitzgerald you got to cover christian kirk you got to cover deandre hopkins Kenyon drake um and then you got to worry about murray just running so the only reason why i think the rams went backwards that although they did add good pieces in the draft, I just don't think they did enough to excel from what they did last year. They had a nine win season. I, I just don't think they did enough to even get back to nine wins. They they lost Cooks this year. Um, so I don't know. I I feel like the Cardinals are going to surprise some te- some people this year. Really, I do. Yeah, I think I think that the Rams definitely missed out on improving their offensive line. I think that was their biggest weakness last year. They had the 31st overall offensive line, according to pro football focus, and they didn't do anything until the seventh round. They picked Tremaine Akram, an offensive guard out of Clemson, um, which seventh round, we'll see if he even makes the team. Uh, so, I mean, I think that the Rams will definitely have their problems. I think that they could, definitely still turn out a 500 season out of this though they were nine and seven last year so i think i think the rams are definitely a three i could definitely see the cardinals getting up 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 into the three spot though but i think they can sneak in there but we'll see i I, mean mcveigh's a very just like every other coach we've talked about today really is an offensive mind and he's creative as hell so yeah he he hasn't really had a bad if a down season to the rams is nine wins then you're doing something right so yeah and i mean we'll just we'll see how creative he can get because he's definitely gonna have to be putting a lot of effort into that with this team that he's got this year but we'll we will see graham what did you think about the rams you've been uh honestly van jefferson is the most interesting of the picks that the rams had this year to me uh, because he's an he's an elite route runner, kind of like Robert Woods. So you got two guys that are elite route runners that can find open space, and, and Jared Goff can get him the ball. And I I really think that losing Brandon Cooks and his speed sucks, but you got a guy that you're bringing in that, that can get open in different ways, and I feel like that might be more important than Brandon Cooks' top end speed mm-hmm. at, at this point with with the competition in the in the NFC West. So yep. Cam, Cam Akers coming in too is interesting, especially since they lost Gurley. So yeah, got big shoes to fill. Yeah, it, it's it's. I, I think that he will fill in pretty nicely yeah, in the Rams' too. offense. So me too. But I, I definitely feel like the Rams are, are still a contender in this division. Um, they're only a couple years off of their Super Bowl run. It's it's not like they're a, a slouch team by any means. It's interesting 
this division is the most interesting in football to me because of the competition and it is probably the tightest division in the NFL. Yeah, probably is. Definitely. I mean, we can move to the team that finished second in the division last year at a 11 and five record and you finished second in your division. Yeah. Seattle Seahawks, <laughs> man. Uh, they went Jordan Brooks linebacker out of Texas tech out of their first round pick number 27 overall. And I think that that's a great fit. I think uh, he's going to be a good player. Some people are thinking that he might have been a bit of a reach, but I think he fills a need. And he's going to be that player that's going to be bringing a lot of compliments to the Legion of Boom that's been missing their boom lately. Uh, A lot of those players have left. A lot of the players... um, Yeah, the Legion of Boom is no more. (laughs) No more. But hey, I mean, we could see see a rebirth, man. I mean, this Brooks kid, he hits, he hits hard. History. Yeah, I mean, so... Yeah, so I mean... If if he can stay healthy, he comes in and he he can he can be that kind of player that running backs are always having their eye on. Mm-hmm. He definitely needs to improve in his pass coverage a little bit, but I mean, no, very few prospects come out excelling at both. So oh, I right. like what they did with their first round. And he's yeah. standing behind Bobby Wagner. Like what? What do you? Yeah, you yeah. Know, like, I mean, that's the quarterback of the defense right now in the NFL. Now Luke Kukli's Luke gone. Keekly, whatever his name is. Can't speak. Now that he's gone. Bobby Wagner might be arguably the best middle linebacker in the league. So I don't even. Th- I don't even think it's arguably. So you got a nice young kid coming in here, same build, similar, you know, traits, everything like that. Learning from somebody like I mean, that's just as good as sitting behind Tom Brady on the other side. Definitely. Yeah, and and with Bobby Wagner slightly getting up there in age, it's nice to get a a younger guy in that can learn to take over this defense after Bobby Wagner's gone. And I definitely think that Brooks has the skill set and the tools mm-hmm. to become a prolific edge edge player in the NFL. Hmm. Yeah. The more I mean, interesting and- pick to me is, is Darrell Taylor uh, who they got in the second round. I love Darrell Taylor. I think that he is a great edge rusher. I think that like, like Greg says, edge rush is one of the easiest positions to transition into the NFL. And I, I think that this guy is going to be an impact player day one, especially since they lost a couple pieces on the defensive line in the off season. This guy is going to come in. He is going to put up four or five sacks a year. Maybe um, I, I think that the production out of this young man is, is going to be comparable to what they lost at the start. And then he can grow into a better player from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think he's a great cheaper alternative to, to Davian Clowney. Uh, he was asking a lot of money. It sounds like he's actually going to end up having to take less money now because it seems like the market's not there. But I right. think that Darrell Taylor is going to come in. He's going to fill that spot, and he's going to feel it real nice. Uh, I like Damian Lewis. He's a good offensive guard out of LSU coming off a championship season. Yep. I mean, you got all Dude. 11 player, You got all 11 players coming off of that offense for the LSU getting drafted. I think that just that goes to show how much talent was there, and and obviously we saw that translate into a, uh, I almost just said a Super Bowl, uh, translate over into a college <laughs> championship. Um, I like the kid. I think he's going to be a a good asset, and the more you can protect Russell Wilson, the better, because uh, he he's he showed last year what he can do with time, and when he's got time back there, the kid is deadly. Mm-hmm. 
I say yeah. kid. He's he's been in the league now. Probably yeah, you can still call him kid. It's a sports. It's sports slang. That's what. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, I like their draft. I think they did a real good job with it. Kobe Parkinson, you know, another team that's huge on their tight ends is the Seattle Seahawks. Kobe Parkinson, Stanford grad, uh, might see some flashes from him this year. And I'm just going to give a shout out to Elton Robinson, the end out of Syracuse, because that's yep. local. And you know, congratulations, young man. Uh, hopefully, your pro your pro uh, ten years long and prosperous. And you, you know, prosperous. Yeah. Did you know that he had? The third fastest forty yard dash time out of all defensive linemen at the combine. I didn't. Damn, that, that's I awesome. did not. So let's let's hope that can uh, translate over. And Round of can... applause for the man. Round of applause. For yep. The man. Yep. Let's go. Uh, good job. Good job, Syracuse. Keep it up. But for real though, but for real though, Seattle is going to be one of the hardest teams to beat in the NFL this year. Still, and they did nothing but help their cause. They are are a Super Bowl contending team in my eyes. All right, I should see it. I see it. Yeah, can't, and can't I mean, complain, man. Can't complain with that. Yeah, they they did good in their draft. They did good in the off season. They they obviously with Russell Wilson, you're never you're never out of a game. So yeah, and I mean, and that leaves us with the. I don't know if I even plan to do this, but it works out well. Last team we have to cover is the NFC champion San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Niners. They, Niners. But uh, I. I really liked what they did in the draft too. I mean, they they filled the hole the left by DeForest Buckner. They were able to trade him away, get get a cheaper alternative in Javon Kinlaw. Well, I mean, we'll have to see how that translates over. But with that first round pick, they were able to get Jimmy Garoppolo another weapon, Brandon Ayuk. What do you guys think? I yeah, love the pick. I, oh, go ahead, Graham. I didn't mean to interrupt both, you, bud. Nah, you're good. Both of them are 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 definitely great picks, especially when you're able to trade back with the Bucks and, and get a little extra draft capital and, and still get your guy at Javon Kinlaw. Definitely Brandon Ayuk is, is huge that because Jimmy Garoppolo needs weapons in San Francisco, and we figured that out in the Super Bowl, it's hard to compete with a team like the Chiefs who have so many weapons. You need to bring in guys that are, are going to be impact players right away if you're going to want to win and win now. And I think that Brandon Ayuk is, because he is above average in so many categories as a receiver, this guy makes total sense. It's just hard when you got a guy like a guy like T. Higgins on the board still that you just pass up on his talent and take Brandon Ayuk over him. To me, well, I think that that fell into like a that's more like a prolific standpoint. I think Brandon Ayuk coming out of college, huge wingspan, won a bunch of one on one balls. Uh, he's a playmaker, no no doubt about it. The kid can can make something happen when the ball's in his hand. A uh, little shorter, but again, he did have the biggest wingspan. He has like really long arms. I'm not kidding. I forget yeah. what the measurables were, but it, it's crazy. Uh, I'm actually just kind of curious to see what the 49ers do in this season because after losing Emmanuel Sanders, Brandon Ayuk is not an Emmanuel Sanders year one. No, he could surprise me. I'm not a, I'm not an expert, but. In my opinion, you can't just draft an Emmanuel Sanders and expect the same result unless it's a CD Lamb. But I don't. I, I think the 49ers are going to have to have some people really step up this year in order to be a competitive passing force in this division. Uh, I think they're going to be relying a lot on the run, a lot on the play action. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to make those three-step drops and get it out quick. But these receivers are going to have to get open. I know they have some youth there already, behind Emmanuel and Marquise Goodwin and stuff like that. But they lost people, Marquise Goodwin. 
Oh, they did lose Marquise. Yeah. Okay. Well, they lost both of them? Damn. Well, after losing Emmanuel Sanders, you have to find somebody's going to have to step up and take in some roles of being being able to catch the ball in traffic and making their own space and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm excited to see who steps up, but that's going to be their biggest issue, I think, this year going in is who's going to be that guy that that takes over that role. Like, I'm the number one guy. Throw me the ball. I want it. I'm going to catch it wherever it is. Yep, the 49ers traded Marquise Goodwin for a six-round pick to the Eagles. Ooh, Eagles went all speed, man. I like yeah. it. But, I mean, and I think the 49ers did a great job, though. I think they – I'm not sure if Joe Staley gave them a heads up or if they saw the writing on the wall. Joe Staley retired. They fill his spot with Trent Williams trading for him. Uh, so I think uh, they did their best to mitigate that loss. I think Trent Williams is a good player. Uh, he just needs to be in a situation where he actually wants to play, and that's just been the issue <laughs> the past couple yeah. of years. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I like what the 49ers did. Do they go 13-3 and again? No. With how tough this division is, I, I got to say no. Um, I, I easily could see them slip three games because of how good this division is. Or I could see them getting close, maybe 11-12 wins. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. We're obviously going to get into that a lot more as we get closer to the season. Um, but any final remarks on the NFC side of the draft this year? No. Good luck to all the teams out there, and I hope that we get some uh, future Hall of Famers out of this draft. It's going to be an exciting time to watch the, football The NFC is, is, is tough. This this draft is has this draft was so deep in so many different positions that it was hard to miss on any one guy. Um, the NFC killed it overall in this draft, in my eyes. Yeah, well, we'll we'll get into the AFC side in the next episode. Most likely, that'll be a two part episode as well. But we're get, we're excited to get talking about that and get that info information in that podcast out to you guys. As always, we thank you guys for coming in, spending time with us, taking a walk around this cul-de-sac and talking sports. Uh, We're excited that hopefully we're looking at some more sports starting up so we can get a little more more variety in here. It's been a lot of football lately, but uh, we do just want to thank you guys for all the time you spend with us. We do want to just let you know as well, uh, we're looking to start a second, not necessarily second podcast, but we're going to start its own little branch. We're going to do a Buffalo Bills podcast. That one's going to be led by Graham and Alex. Uh, we're hoping we can get those episodes out to you guys soon because we just want to get you guys as much content as you as and we can. Sorry. Don't don't forget to follow Woodbine underscore sports at Instagram.com. Follow, follow, follow. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're sh- we're sharing news there. Honestly, we've been doing pretty good on that. Pat ourselves yeah, we on have. the back. Yep. Up- we've been ourselves, updated <laughs> daily with sports news that you <laughs> crave. I know it's hard. Follow it. Thank you. <laughs> no, and, and we always want to hear your guys' feedback too. You guys can get a hold of us on Instagram, send us messages, give us some feedback. We want to hear from you guys. We want to hear what you like. We want to hear what you dislike. Give us ideas too. We're always looking for more ideas and we, we love you guys. We appreciate you. As Graham said, it is Woodbine underscore sports on Instagram. And again, thank you. We'll catch you next time for another walk around the cul-de-sac. Have a good one. Goodbye. See you. See you.